What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason. You can catch me here every Thursday to talk in-depth props with Hitman, preview Thursday Night Football's matchup with Eric, and we'll take a look at some Survivor Pool picks. Um, two more things before we get started today, guys. Uh, one more, like and subscribe the video, please. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, it really helps support the show. And uh, yeah. We were a little lower on the likes last week, so let's try and get those likes up. And then finally, if you're watching uh, or if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you leave a review. It really just helps support the show here today. And right before I bring Hitman in, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be one of your available sports books if you're looking to sign up. And support the show. Make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle. Your trusted sportsbook for 25 years. Bet smart. Bet Pinnacle. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. And not available in the U.S., guys. Today, I am joined alongside Hitman. And uh, Rob usually makes this joke, but I finally get to make it today. Hitman is in his car with us. Uh, he just came back from placing some props. So uh, he is pulled over. So we're good with that. Uh, Hitman, how's it going? I hope your prop venture went well. What's up? Yeah, uh, going pretty good. I'm actually, you know, I don't get the chance to go to NFL games really ever anymore. I used to before I was full-time betting, but get a chance to go to the Vikings-Eagles game tonight. So got some good seats. Hopefully don't get the crap kicked out of me wearing a purple jersey in uh, Philadelphia. But yeah, everything's going good. Excited for, uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about with props for tonight's yeah, game. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to get into it with you, and I like how we're oppo on jerseys right now. Me rocking the Eagles, you rocking the Vikings. Uh, before we get started today you know, with the props and with the, the Thursday night game in particular, Rob has been talking a lot on this channel about the environment that we're in in the NFL, with it kind of being, I don't want to say he's calling it an unders environment, but a lot of sharp bettors were leaning towards, um, a lot of sharp bettors were leaning towards the under in week one, and I mean, ha they had their opinions validated. As a prop better, how do you attack the prop markets when you know that the totals that are listed are going to come down a bit? And like, how does that affect the prop market? Yeah, I mean, it makes an impact. But at the same time, the numbers typically are adjusted based off the expected points, expected yards, all that stuff. It's, it's typically adjusted in the market. So like, it's not just as simple as being like, oh, uh, I'm not going to bet this quarterback to go under his passing yards because the total's 50 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's more of like maybe if I have a read on a specific game that's different than market, maybe like say uh, a game is at a 42 total and I think that that 42 is cheap and it's going to be a higher scoring game, more passing then I'll try to look at, all right, maybe I'll play some passing overs in a game okay. where the market's expecting to be lower scoring, but I don't think it's going to be. So it plays an impact. I will say that the prop numbers this week have been, they've been lower than ever, to be honest. There's, there's some low numbers out there. So it's up to the betters to figure out, is it justified or is it an overreaction to a lot of unders from last week? That's such a fair point here. And uh, I mean, I was looking at some props as well. Listen, I'm not sharp. I'm not going to claim to be sharp, but I know that it's incredibly square to just only look at overs. And I was looking at these unders and I'm like, I'm scared playing these. So uh, I'm going to leave some time before I play these Sunday props. But 
Uh, before we get into the actual game itself, one more thing. I mean, the chat is just spamming right now with minus EV move wearing a Philly uh, an away jersey to a Philly game, over under 13 and a half batteries thrown at Hitman. And why are you a, a Vikings fan if you're from New Jersey uh, or you're a Philly guy? Well, so which what's question the you want me to ask? You want me to ask? I, I don't you want know. Me to that I, I can, one? Yeah, the, why are you a Philly? Dude, why are you Vikings? I was, fan? I, <laughs> I'm 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 not as loyal as people think. I was a huge <laughs> Brett Favre fan growing up. So I whatever team when he was on the Packers, I rooted for them. When he went to the Jets, I bought season tickets. I was there every week. And he kind of finished his career with the Vikings and then at that point I was just like, all right, let me uh let me pick a team and stick with it. And I wasn't exactly a big fan of Aaron Rodgers at the time. So stuck it out with the Vikings, but to be honest, my allegiance is to my bankroll. I, I bet a look ahead before the season. I bet Philly minus five and a half on a look ahead before the year against Minnesota. Obviously, that that's not looking that great anymore, but that just goes to show you where my allegiance is. Yeah, I think a lot of betters feel that way. Uh, I'm not even going to say who I was a fan of growing up. I've relinquished that fandom, and I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a slave to the bankroll right now. That's what I'm a fan of. So, anyways... Um, Let's get, let's actually get into the game today. <laughs> let's talk to some games. That's what everyone's here is for Thursday night football props. Um, so I, I mean, the best place for me to start here is uncertainty, right? Like I like to start with uncertainty when we're talking about props, because it's usually more advantageous for the better than it is for the books. And the biggest uncertainty here has to be the Eagles running back situation and their running back room. A lot of lines aren't being posted right now for some of these running backs, but I mean, it was gain well in week one, right? We saw, uh, to some, uh, dismay gain well, got majority of the touches, uh, I mean, DeAndre Swift got like, what, two touches? Barely even targeted. So Gainwell's out, uh, but Swift is in. Boston Scott is in. And Rashad Penny, who was a healthy scratch, uh, is in. And Nick Sirianni had this to say about DeAndre Swift. I think he can play both roles, no question about it. He'll be in that role sometimes where he carries the load for the game, but he'll also be in that role where he was last game, which last game being he got two touches. So odds right now, I couldn't find any rushing totals for Scott or Penny. But I have Swift right now at pinnacle 32 and a half, minus 122 to the over, minus 109 to the under. His anytime touchdown is plus 153. Boston Scott's anytime touchdown is plus 280. And Rashad Penny's uh, anytime touchdown is plus 280. So they probably see the hierarchy being Swift, Penny, and Scott. What do you see in this backfield? Is it a strict RB by committee and you just don't want to uh, touch anything? Or are you going to like plug your nose and maybe place a bet on this backfield? Yeah, I, I typically, I think that the biggest impact on the Gainwell stuff was. Penny and Swift. I don't think that Boston Scott was as big of an impact as many people think. And the reason for that is I think that Boston Scott last week was active for the game, mainly because he can play special teams. Mm -hmm. So that third running back, you know, he's not going to get much usage on offense to begin with. He's a plus on special teams. So make him active over Penny. So I, I kind of anticipate that Scott's going to have a similar role to last week. So for me, it's more about trying to figure out, all right, is it Penny or is it Swift this game? I would say that, and again, I'm spitballing. I haven't been able to get much information on it. I haven't been able to, I haven't bet nothing on it yet. What I'm going to do is more wait and see. Maybe there's more reports that come out later. We can try to get some more clues and then we can make an actionable bet. But my guess right now is that Swift gets to start Swift is definitely the more involved receiving back. And that if we do get to a point where Philly does get the lead and is trying to kill some clock, that Rashad Penny ends up being their closer. So yeah, that, that would be my read on the backfield right now. 
and I haven't placed any bets regarding it. All right, I appreciate the transparency here. And since I've got, uh, come on air and made these notes, uh, it seems like Rashad Penny's uh, total has been listed on Pinnacle. 29.5 is his rush yard total, juice to the over. So, I mean, him and DeAndre Swift lining right up. I, me personally, I'm, I, think, I think we might be seeing a little bit more with Boston Scott than people expect. We had a similar situation two years ago, I think, where Miles Sanders got hurt and people were pounding the table for Kenneth Gainwell. Jordan Howard was in the backfield and Boston Scott ended up, it was kind of like a three-headed monster, but Boston Scott if, ended up scoring two touchdowns that game. I'll add this, that if you're betting live, I think that maybe if Philly is up a touchdown or two, maybe you look at the penny stuff because I just wouldn't be surprised if he did end up being the closer for them. Fair enough. Uh, sticking here with injuries and Eagles. I mean, we, they had a couple uh, defensive players ruled out already. Fletcher Cox is questionable. Not sure his status on the game just yet. But safety Reed Blankenship and corner James Bradbury both out. How do you think that will fare for the Vikings in the past game? I mean, they didn't look too hot last week, but they kind of had two unfortunate turnovers. Um, how do you think Kirk can take advantage of that? And are you targeting anyone on the Vikings, like whether it be Kirk uh, uh, passing props or any receivers? Are you targeting anyone on the Vikings uh, with your props? Yeah, for the Vikings, it's they have some offensive line issues for this game. But if they do get protection, like this Philly back seven is not looking good with their linebackers were weak to begin with. You're without N'Kobe Dean. You're without your starring safety. You're without James Bradbury. So it really comes down to pass protection. And I think the pass protection is going to be an issue. So I was kind of looking towards more of the lower average depth of target receivers i think that it's going to be a lot of short passes and i did bet uh where i just was now i did bet tj hawkinson over 47 and a half and over 48 and a half receiving yards okay but it was a thinner play for me to where i wasn't going much higher on it i thought that the receptions were probably the best bet on him from what the opener was but the receptions have been juiced pretty highly right now so i think that the yards is slightly plus ev at 47 and a half 48 and a half but it's a little thin okay so i see some 48 and eight and a halfs right now uh spread across multiple sports books 40 and a half is sitting on pinnacle but it's at minus 132 there's a couple out there at the minus 110 are you comfortable to play that for half a new unit and i'll lock it in right now yeah I'm i'm not comfortable at the higher juice but if you're laying minus 110 that was the bet that i made Okay, let's. It wasn't a big bet, but it's worth a bet, in my opinion. Okay, I'm going to lock that in right now, then. And then, uh, so you said Hawkinson, and I mean, I'm looking at his receptions right now four and a half, uh, minus 175, minus 176 at Pinnacle. Like, you're not, you're not sniffing that, right? That's like a pass for you. No, little less juice. I, I, I don't mind paying juice. It's, of course, yeah. Little, little less lot. juice. It probably would have been a play of mine, but I think that the, the yards was a better alternate for a smaller bet for me. Okay, fair enough. So I just locked in 48 and a half uh, over on TJ Hawkinson's receiving yards, minus 110. Um, so again, we, t- we talked about Hawkinson. Anyone else you like on the board? Like, are you looking at maybe like a KJ Osborne or a G- uh, or Jordan Addison uh, or anyone else in that uh, that offense? Maybe Alexander Mattins- Madison receptions, anything like that at all? Or are you that's the only play for the Vikings offense you have there for in the past? To be honest, like I said, I think that the Vikings might have a little bit more trouble getting a deep passing game yeah. going because of their offensive line issues. So it was more the, the lower average depth of target guys I was looking for for reception. So 
maybe if Jordan Addison's number keeps getting higher and higher, maybe I play under yards. It's been steamed okay. up today a lot. Yeah. So I'm monitoring that market, but nothing else that I have played as of yet. Yeah, when I checked yesterday, it was in like the high 30s for Addison here, and it steamed all the way up to like 43 right now is where it's sitting. And uh, sneaky little thing, Addison actually only played 50, I think it was 50 or 60% of the snaps, was only playing three wide receiver sets. So maybe uh, people are a little bit jaded by that touchdown that he scored on that big busted coverage play. But let's move on from there. Um, I mean, last week, the Eagles left a lot to be desired. They covered, but like only barely. And they honestly did not deserve to win that game. And same with Jalen Hurts. He didn't look as prolific as he did last year uh this is a uh suma last episode on uh, four products talking about like a bounce back spot this is like a perfect bounce back spot for jalen hurts uh do you are you looking at anything props wise whether it be his rushing total his receiving yards or even if he's just going to run it in for a touchdown i think that the pass if you like minnesota to stay in this game i think that the yeah. hurts pass attempts over has value um okay I personally didn't bet it but just a lean uh, uh, Philadelphia was really high in pass rate over expectation last week. And when the games have been competitive, they've been really high in pass rate over expectation. The problem has been that they've just blown out so many teams that he hasn't been much in the second half. But fair enough. If you think this game stays close, then I, I think Hurts over maybe worth a bet. Yeah, and it seems like the market is kind of expecting this game to be closer than everyone kind of thought when it opened, right? It opened plus eight, moved down to six, six and a half-ish. So uh, maybe that's something. I'm seeing his total right now at 31 and a half. Best price I can find is minus, uh, o- the o- towards over is minus 120 at 31 and a half. That's a little too juice for you, or would you play that? It's just a lean for me. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So we'll stay off that, and if that number maybe comes down a bit here, uh, you might want to look and scoop that one up yourself. Uh, yeah, sticking with the Eagles passing game, the Baker Mayfield absolutely carved up this Viking secondary. Uh, they made him look like a competent quarterback last week. So anyone on, I know you, you mentioned uh, Hurts pass attempts. So are you looking at anyone's receptions? Like uh, we're looking at AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, or even like a guy like Quez Watkins, maybe like any anyone there for uh, props? I, I loved Dallas Goddard. It, it opened mm-hmm. 38 and a half receiving yards, which was a joke. Yeah. Um, I, I bet 41 and a half, 42 and a half, 44 and a half on Goddard. It's just gotten to the point now that if you can find a 46 and a half at some mm-hmm. minus 120 ish, I, I would still play it. But anything higher, it's just moved too much from open. But we have the quotes about how Goddard was going to be more involved in my opinion. He's one of the five best league for him. It's just about getting volume kind of similar to George Kittle that we know that Kittle is a great player, but he just doesn't get the volume some games. So on a game that I anticipate that he might have a little bit more volume, I thought that that was a really good over, but 46 and a half, like minus minus one twenties, my buy price. Cause it's moved so much. So I see a 45 and a half, 125 here. Are you comfy taking that at like a uh, half that's, unit that's, or? Yep. No, okay, full, let's, full I'm, unit. That would be good. Okay. Okay. So I'm locking in right now. Dallas Goddard over 45 and a half uh, receiving yards, minus 125. And you can find that full unit. It's 47 and a half at Pinnacle. So maybe if you're looking, uh, you might want to look elsewhere if you want to play this number. So um, yeah, we're locking that in full unit. Uh, last thing I want to touch on with you uh, before I let you get out of here. Uh, 
I mean, the Vikings running back situation, I'm not a big fan of Alexander Madison. His total right now at Pinnacle is uh, sitting at 50 and a half uh, just before we started recording. It might have moved now, but uh, I mean, heavily juiced to the under. I assume you probably have something to do with that. Maybe were you playing any Madison unders? And is there a number palatable for you to play a Madison under? On I didn't. I, I didn't play it. I know some sharp guys that like under 50 and a half. Um, for me, it, it's just... I heard before the season that Madison was going to be like the real workhorse and that Minnesota really liked him. And last week he had a lot of sharp money on his over. His prop number closed at like 66 and a half. For me, I mean, I lean under, but I'm just a little scared off about he just does get such so much volume that I anticipate him getting that you're really banking on him being inefficient if he's going to go under in this game. So for me, I just lean under on Madison, 50 and a half rushing yards. Fair, fair enough. Uh, and it seems like it moved a bit. It looks like the under is at like minus 115. So um, I might go play that personally, but at pinnacle 49 and a half minus 130, I think it's still a little too uh, steep for me to play. Hitman, I'm going to do this to you every single week. Uh, before we go, three quick questions, right? First one, any props you have an eye on for Sunday? This is, well, the, the, the bet goes off Sunday, but it's a season long. I like the okay. Jets under eight and a half wins. You can find, okay. I think, as low as like minus 150-ish at FanDuel. And I think that's worth a bet. I made that number seven and a half. So obviously it's juiced. But when you correlate for the juice, the sports books are basically saying that the line should be eight. I'm at seven and a half. Fair price on the Jets season wins. And I did make a good size bet on it just about an hour ago. So All right. Jets under eight and a half wins, minus 150-ish. Beautiful. Beautiful. Minus 150-ish range. You can find that if you shop around. I don't think that's listed right now on Pinnacle. So uh, shop around for that. Uh, and then second question, unofficial prediction for tonight's games. I mean, you're wearing a Vikings jersey, so I'm just going to guess you're going with the Vikings here. <laughs> I mean, I have a look <laughs> ahead on the Eagles, minus five and a half that I haven't bought out of yet so i don't know I'll, I'll say i don't know i think i think the spread's about right to be honest okay fair enough fair enough um and then last thing before you get out of here first td props that you like unofficial first td props we don't recommend you yeah, betting this. i'm just forcing you into this probably 19 out of 20 weeks that we do this i'm going to tell you that i hate you for even making me put one of these out <laughs> unofficially because a lot of times my mindset is I was like, wouldn't the anytime touchdown have value if the first touchdown does a lot of times, but yeah. So, but for me, force, force play on it. Let, let's go with Dallas Goddard. We said that he was going to be more involved in the offense this week. We said that the Eagles have a higher pass rate over expectation in the first half. So let's go with Dallas Goddard first touchdown. Beautiful. Uh, not locking that in anywhere and not playing that either. Just let everyone know that this is just for fun. Just going to. I your know head. people no are gonna. I, I, people are gonna I do it. People are gonna bet it anyway. People are gonna bet it anyway. They're gonna put their 10, 20 bucks on a long shot like that. So if you're gonna do it, Dallas Goddard would be my gun to head. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hitman. Hitman. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, any any last words or? Enjoy the game, everybody. Hopefully I make it out alive, and hopefully I'll be back here next week. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, drive safe, Hitman. See ya. All right. Awesome stuff there from Hitman. Hitman, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Um, 
All right, we got our next guest coming on in a second here. But before we bring on Eric, a couple things. One, there's about 100 people watching and only 16 likes. Guys, come on. Rob is going to kill me if we cannot get this like past 25. Like, Let's get some more likes on this video, please. It really helps me out. It helps the channel out. It helps us grow. If you feel like I'm doing a good job here, smash the like button. It lets Rob know that I'm doing a good job. If you feel like I'm not doing a good job, drop it in the comments below and tell me what I can uh, improve on here. But uh, yeah, so smash the like button. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for hitting the like button. Uh, Eric Eager is going to come on in a second here. Uh, I just, before we do that, want to let everyone know tonight at eight o'clock, we will, we will have a watch along with myself on the Hammer HQ channel alongside Rob Pizzola. You can find that uh, at the Hammer HQ. Just type it in on, on uh, YouTube here. Uh, and yeah, it'll be a watch along with myself, with Rob Pizzola, and we'll be joined by Sharp Clark who had a massive week last week uh, betting. If you go check him out on Twitter and did a great job uh, pro, uh, on the Tuesday show with George Silfides, where we'll be also joined by Jeff Feinberg. Uh, so that's going to be a, a lot of fun. And then the last guy who's going to be our guest will be Eric Eager, who is currently running a little bit late right now, but he will be with us shortly. Uh, before we get uh, Eric Eager on the show, though, want to quickly talk to you guys about the bets I placed today, because I mean, listen, I didn't, I'm not sharp. I don't recommend anyone telling me here, but I think it's uh, important to, for me to share with you guys what I've bet so far. Uh, I bet the, uh, the Vikings plus eight uh, over, I can't say where, uh, I bet the Vikings plus eight on opening, all thanks to Raw Pizzola and uh, Clive Bigby. I do the, uh, produce the Sunday live show. We are live at 8 p.m. at night. Look ahead show, uh, best place to get, uh, good CLV and get in on some early lines. Listen, I'm betting openers. I don't bet a lot of money on these games, so I can have access to openers, and I'm I'm in, it's within my bankroll to bet on these openers. You can get some really great uh, closing line value if you tune into that show. So, guys, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit that uh, like button, and uh, make sure you ring that notification bell to be notified whenever you go live here. Um, and just to run through all the picks we've made so far uh, today, Hitman came on, gave Dallas Goddard. Over 45 and a half uh, receiving yards, minus 125. And he found that at, yeah, minus 125, full unit for him. Then I also kind of, he played TJ Hawkinson over 48 and a half, uh, minus 110. Uh, yeah, you could play the half unit on that. So you can still find those. Those lines are out there. Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, you guys tuning along so far. Uh, Eric Eager will be with us shortly, just running a tad bit late. I know he's also heading to the game tonight. And I wonder if maybe we can get like a little crossover on the Hammer HQ live stream between Hitman and uh, Eric Eager. They'll be live with us in person. Should be a lot of fun here. Um, I mean, I guess while we wait, I can field some questions. If any any uh, listener questions out there want to drop, drop your bets in the chat below maybe or any questions below while we wait for Eric here today. I mean, last week we had a lot of fun uh, with Eric. Uh, <laughs> Eric's busy not being an MD. Yes, yes, he is not an MD. Uh, yeah, so last week we had a lot of fun here talking with Eric. I think the biggest thing that I really enjoyed was talking about our survivor picks. If you're in a survivor pool, I think it's a great show to tune in here every Thursday. Uh, we took four risks last week. We took Washington uh, twice. We took New Orleans and we took Denver. So three or four entries are still in. One got cooked, but I mean, according to Survivor Grid, uh, they have around 29% of... Uh, people eliminated from their pools. So looks like we're ahead of the curve, which is, uh, which is pretty good here. I was disappointed in Denver. They really let us down there. I mean, Vegas, uh, Vegas 
I mean, both teams look bad. Vegas look bad. Denver look bad. I believe they only had like six drives each. And that's just like horrible. But uh, yeah, note to self, not using Denver again uh, for the survivor pools. Uh, quickly looking at the survivor board today, though, seems like a lot of the picks are coming in on Buffalo and Dallas. Buffalo playing Las Vegas. Uh, Buffalo's at home. And then Dallas against the Jets. Jets, uh, Dallas nine and a half favorites against the Jets and Buffalo nine favorites against Vegas. Uh, personally, that Jets defense looks scary. Uh, so I was talking with Eric a little bit before the show, what we would play for survivor picks. And I mean, we talked a bit about Giants, talked a bit about Dallas, but Eric Eager is here now with us. So I'll let him take that away. But before we get into those, we're going to get into a little bit about the game first. So uh, from Sumer Sports, you can find them uh, on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. The VP of Sumer Sports. Make sure you head over to sumersports.com. S-U-M-E-R sports.com. Check out all the great stuff they're doing there. Eric, how's it going, my man? Jason, thank you for uh, your patience, man. I'm, I'm like a block away from the stadium right now. I'm so excited for this game. I can't wait. Uh, and uh, I think there's some opportunities here. I love that. That that makes me pretty happy. Uh, we can get some bets in. But before we get your our bets in, you're going to be live at the game and you'll be joining us on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel for our little live watch along for a little bit of the fourth quarter, I believe. And I just want to let you know, Hitman's going to be there too. So maybe we can get like a little Hammer HQ crossover going. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, uh, we're going to be on the field at the beginning of the game and then, uh, we're going to go to our seats. So, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, and, uh, the weather looks great. And, you know, I think, I, there's been some line movement as well uh, towards Minnesota after the open, which has been, uh, I think, interesting. I, I tweeted out today last year, week two. Now it was Monday night football, not Thursday night football. That, that makes a difference. But the Vikings were just two and a half win underdogs last year when these two teams faced off. Uh, opened, I think, eight. Now it's down to, yep. you know, depending on when you look at the you look at some of the contests it's six, um, six and a half seems like the marking consensus, though. Yeah, fair enough. And it's like riding that 6.25 over on Pinnacle that uh, Rob likes to mention here. Uh, yeah, so it's around six, six and a half. Somewhere between there is the, the correct line. But uh, um, I, I'm happy that you said that because right before you were about to come on, right before we went live, I messaged you saying like, hey, I want to talk about the market movement. So, I mean, before I, I have a, a question for you about the market movement. You saw it open at eight uh, and on forward progress. I'll mention it again. Clive Bigsby, Rob Pizzola live Sunday night, looked at look headlines and looked at that eight and said that is moving. And I was able to get in early. And hopefully, if you tune into the show, you were able to get in early well as well. What do you think about the line movement there? Is it just, like you said, it's just too much in favor of the Eagles right now? Or was there something that happened week one that maybe people don't believe in the Eagles as much? I don't know. I, I don't think it's that as much as, you know, when people look at the Vikings and see that they lost to Tampa Bay, a team that, you know, lined at the beginning of the season at six and a half wins, um, kind of that only team in that a NFC South that really doesn't have like the, no one really gave a chance to win that division. Everybody's talking about the Panthers and the, and the, and the uh, saints and, and the Falcons. I think when people saw that the Vikings lost to Tampa Bay, they immediately scooted that thing out. And it was weird because the Eagles won and covered against new England, but did not do it in as impressive a fashion. So I think when the number came out, it was maybe more reflective of the Eagles win and cover the Vikings lose at home. And as a, as a favorite, um, to Tampa Bay and an, and a favorite, by the way, there's a little bit of like uh, reinforcement bias too here where, you know, as everybody knows, like Tampa Bay got money on sun on last Sunday, you know, down that thing opened around like six, you know, five and a half or so closed around four. Um, 
And so I think that there's also just a little bit of confirmation bias as well, where they're like, yeah, we thought Minnesota wasn't going to be particularly good, and they weren't. But when people look back at that box score, uh, Jason, they, like they look and cousin through for a lot of yards. Um, you know, the defense, you know, was was not terrible, I guess. Um, and if you run that thing back a bunch of times, I think the Minnesota Vikings don't turn it over three times. I think they end up winning that game outright, at least, as opposed to losing it outright. And so pe- cooler heads prevailed. I okay. made the game. I made the game six and a half. I made the game six and a half kind of going into last week. I didn't really upgrade or downgrade. I, I probably, you know, you know, seeing this thing at kind of six somewhere, that means that people might have been in the, the same as me but mm-hmm. downgraded the Eagles kind of at the end uh, in their power ratings. I, I didn't really see anything awful last week's game to move me off of what Minnesota was. Minnesota's a streaky team that plays a lot of one-score games, and la- this past week they got unlucky, where all of last year they've gotten lucky. So I, I-, I support the move down to six and a half or so. I, I think if it were to dip below six, I think you ha- you're gonna- you would probably see some Eagles money, but who knows? I I. I was surprised that you, you know, you know, Rob and, and Suma and a lot of other sharp people really liked Minnesota last week uh, when it got to four. Yeah. Um, I, I think that those same people would probably back Minnesota or sorry, back, you know, if, if this if this thing got all the way down to five and a half or so, I think that those same smart people would probably like the Eagles. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and uh, yeah, like week one, prime overreaction week. So I can see why those openers open as high as you did, like you mentioned here. Um, but I'm going to put your feet to the fire right away here because my concerns coming out of week one were not towards the Minnesota Vikings. It was actually more towards the Eagles, right? And listen, you said this past offseason on this channel that Dak Prescott, you believe could be the best QB in the NFC, right? And that's not to say you think Dak is like, uh, that's not to say you think Jalen Hurts is bad. Sorry, you just think Dak is good and you're higher on Dak than the majority of people. But it made me think a little bit more of like what Jalen Hurts is and maybe was last season more towards the higher end of the Jalen Hurts outcomes, right? So last week, I was really nervous watching this Eagles team. Their only offensive touchdown came from a turnover on the 25-yard line. They struggled to move the ball downfield for a majority of that game. I mean, I have a couple questions for you here, right? So first, is there validity? Is there any validity to me being worried about this offense? Second, how do you feel about Brian Johnson and how he performed as a play caller for the Eagles against the Patriots? And then third, am I leaning too much into overreaction week? Could this just be a perfect storm of overreaction with Bill Belichick, who is a strong defensive coordinator with a strong D who has months to prepare, plus the Eagles getting a new offensive coordinator? So if you can answer all those three. No, I I think you're not overreacting. I mean, look, I think people probably took last year. I mean, I don't mean so going into the Super Bowl, I think like one of the funnier things was the fact that the best win that Philadelphia had all year was against Detroit in week one in a game that they didn't even cover the number and they, and they won outright in Fort field. And, you know, they play an amazing game in the super bowl hurts. plays an amazing game in the super bowl. And I think that we all forgot that. Right. And we all like mm-hmm. kind of over indexed yeah, yeah. on the, the eventual record for the Eagles. And it was still the best team that they beat last year was a Detroit lions team. That was, you know, a good, but not great football team. And I think that, Brian Johnson, there was a lot of kind of conservative play calling, even in that penultimate drive where, you know, the Eagles really had to, you know, pray that Kayshawn Booty's like last, you know, uh, foot went out of bounds. (laughs) Um, They, you know, Hertz ran the ball at the middle and fumbled the ball. And every time I saw Hertz run on Sunday, I thought he looked a little bit slow. I thought that the offense just kind of looked a little lethargic. They ran the ball on some long yardage situations that I didn't think, was particularly, you know, 
yeah, sharp. So, no, I, I think he's, you know, Brian Johnson's got a lot to prove. I think on de- defense, they really did a good job rushing the passer. Um, but now you look at the, the you know, New England, every single one of their starting offensive linemen is hurt. So, how, you know, how, how impressive was that? Now you go to Minnesota, though, you know, Garrett Bradbury's out, Evan Ingram, or Ed Ingram, I'm sorry, not very particularly good. Maybe they get those same advantages uh, tonight. Um, and, and maybe we don't necessarily find out how good of a defense they are until they face a team like Dallas. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, 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 like I said, I agree with the line move, the way that it happened. Um, you know, the, especially like, you know, eight, eight just really stuck out at me. I think that a lot of that is from a, a lethargic weekend, uh, especially relative to the two teams that I think many people believe are the best in the NFC right now, which is Dallas mm-hmm. and San Francisco. Yeah. Philadelphia in week one wasn't in that class. So how, how do you index off of that? Uh, it's, it's a great question. I expect the Eagles to play pretty well tonight. I expect, you know, football is a matchup game. And I think that they can match up really well with the Vikings. But, um, but if they don't get what they, if they don't get last year's Jalen Hurts, it might be tough. Yeah, fair enough. And you talked about the matchup here. Total of this game is set at 49, 49 and a half. It's actually ticked up to 50, but it's showing that uh, true, true number of 49 and a half with the 108, 106 to the, under and the over respectively that's the second highest total on the board this week right uh elite weapons on both sides of the ball quality quarterbacks quick quick pace play callers combined all these things with injuries on the eagles defense and the vikings defense looking like very piss poor last week uh to say the least uh can you see this game heading into a shootout at all i'm looking at the pinnacle all over right now i believe it was at like 54 and a half ish uh so what are your thoughts on that yeah, I, I can't go under in this game just because of what you said. Like, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins um, is a good quarterback. I mean, like, you know, he mm-hmm. threw for a lot of yards on on Sunday. You know, if he didn't throw some interceptions, I think that that game would have paced up a little bit and gotten to its own over. Um, and, you know, I think you, you can't count. I mean, one of the props I'm going to talk to you about is interceptions for Cousins. I think that they're, there's going to be a little bit more conservatism out of Cousins. I think there's going to be more underneath stuff. But I think the Eagles are, are maybe conducive to getting beat like that with how they are at linebacker, especially with N'Kobe Dean out tonight um, and, and on IR. I think that you know this game plays well the over. I don't know if I can get there with it, but I, I don't think I can go under on this game tonight uh, in Philly. Fair enough. Uh, I, I We're in the under environment, so I had to ask you that question uh, here with all the totals kind of seemingly coming in too high. So. Uh, next up for you, I have a question about the Vikings and their pass catchers and the Eagles, how they defend. Uh, so they last week, they struggled to cover passes over the middle. Mac Jones kind of carved them up a bit uh, over the middle. Uh, how do you see the Vikings and Kirk Cousins picking them apart along with the injuries that the Eagles have to their secondary with Bradbury and Blankenship being out? Yeah, I, so early in the week, the, uh, the TJ Hawkinson, anytime they give you four and a half catches on Hawkinson anywhere close to mm-hmm. flat, you have to take it. Now, yeah. The way that I look at the, you know, depends upon, you know, what you count consensus right now, but Hawkinson over four and a half catches is now near minus 200, depending upon yes. where you look. And, and, and I know, you know, as I was you know getting back to my hotel, I noticed Hitman took 48 and a half over on Hawkinson. That to me is a very good, uh, that's a very good wager. The one that I kind of like too, when I think about this, I think about Cousins threw some interceptions last week. He threw three interceptions in this matchup last year. What, how are they going to avoid that? They're going to throw to Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison got a lot of last week's uh, carries and a lot of last week's work. He's at, you know, two and a half, you know, two and a half catches. I'd take that over, you know, all the way to maybe minus 115, minus 120 uh, on that one. I think that that's another way. 
I think the Hawkinson over catches prop is maybe too rich at this point. Uh, yeah. I like the where where Hitman went, but once he you know once he bets that thing, it's not going to be available uh, the way that we want it anyway. So uh, I think you you pivot here to Alexander Madison. There's a chance that Ty Chandler does some things, but I don't think that uh, you know Kevin O'Connell or anybody really trusts any of the other running backs on the roster right now the way that they trust Alexander Madison. So I think he gets to two and a half catches the same way that Ramondre Stevenson last week only it was like Ramondre Stevenson only had like 25 yards rushing. Thing, but he he made some plays over them, especially in the second half of that game. And I think Alexander Madison's a similarly talented running back as, as Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, interesting. I like that. And we'll talk about unit size in a sec when we get into our best bet segment. Um, I kind of want to segue this question into the Minnesota wide receiver group. I know you answered it by talking about tight ends and running back, uh, tight end and running back here. But um, I'm a USC guy. I love Jordan Addison coming out of college. I love watching Jordan Addison in college. I thought he was a fantastic talent. But I think there's an underrated story happening right now between KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison uh, fighting for that uh, second wide receiver time, right? Addison actually only played uh, three wide receiver sets. So he wasn't at all in two wide receiver sets. Have to assume that's because of his inability to block. KJ Osborne, I think, is a better blocker. You can probably correct me if I'm wrong on that. Addison only played 53% of the snaps, all in three wide receiver sets. But the weirdest thing to me is that he just wasn't in the slot. He was only in the slot a third of the time. So 33% of his snaps. So he's kind of all over the field here. So how do you see their usage as the year goes on? Is Osborne kind of a sitting duck to be usurped by Jordan Addison, who I think is probably a better talent? Like, how do you see this wide receiver, second wide receiver group shaking out as the year goes on? Yeah, I mean, Quasi Adapomens is a very smart GM. I think he knows that if he plays Osborne and Osborne were to leave in free agency, for a reasonable contract, somebody like a Christian Kirk, like if, if he puts up numbers similar to the last two years and you see some ascension, you're going to be mm-hmm. looking at his numbers and his, and his pro similarly to Christian Kirk, uh, who Jacksonville okay. was able to get for $20 million a year. Yeah. So I think to me, that's a, a comp pick thing. So I think that the Vikings are going to try to recoup, you know, draft capital um, by letting him walk. And so, I do think they play. I do think they play Osborne a lot over uh, Addison. Um, you know, at least for about half the season, and then Addison just plays that third wide receiver role. They have Oliver. They have Hawkinson guys that they paid a lot of money to. I think that that's the most expensive tight end group in football. So I think Addison's upside is going to be limited every week by the fact that it's it's kind of a numbers game in the Minnesota Vikings skill position group. Okay, fair enough. I, I appreciate that insight here. I uh, always like to hear more about Jordan Addison. So um, last question before we get into our best bets here. The Eagles Arbery room, massive question mark. We saw Kenneth Gainwell get the majority of the starts here in the beginning. Um, he obviously injured uh, this game. I mentioned this to Hitman. I link in this current group to what we saw. I believe it was against the Lions in 2021 where uh, Miles Sanders got hurt. The Eagles had Jordan Howard. Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell as their active running backs. And Boston Scott seemed to get the majority of the work in that game when the game actually mattered. Uh, He got two touchdowns. I think he rushed for like 60-ish yards. Do you see something similar happening here where Boston Scott could be the lead guy, especially on goal line work? So my theory is that I think he might be doing that. So I played, I found him at plus 300 for any time touchdown. That was my theory. Uh, Can you, you think I'm wrong? You think I'm right? What are your thoughts? You know, I I feel like- Uh, I think you have to- I think you have to root for variance in that backfield. So yeah. I think you're getting a decent number there. Um, I, I think the question becomes like, is the Minnesota secondary so poor and Brian Flores so 
aggressive do you get that many goal line plays or are most of the touchdowns going to be long range plays to where Boston Scott is not a factor that's the one question I think I think in a normal game that makes a lot of sense I think Minnesota you might have to reduce it a little bit okay fair enough fair enough I'm just praying for like an AJ Brown out on the one yard line so Boston Scott can come in there Mm -hmm. um all right moving on from there let's get into our best uh, our official best bets for today's game you brought up Madison over two and a half receptions. I found it at minus one fifteen. If you shop around, minus one thirty one on Pinnacle right now, so you can find it uh, at a better price here. So, uh, how full unit for you? Half unit? What are your What are your thoughts on the Madison? Over yeah, let's do half? Let's do a full one there. Beautiful. All right, locked in on a full unit, and then we got you mentioned Kirk Cousins interceptions. Uh, I got to find Kirk Cousins here in a sec. There we go, Kirk Cousins interceptions. Uh, I mean, you're looking towards the under here, correct? So I think we're looking at Kirk Cousins not to throw an interception here. Best price I can find on market is plus 110. Uh, if we lost Eric here for a second, I'm going to lock it in for him because he texted it to me that it's playable up to, I believe it was up to minus 105. Uh, yes, up to m- minus 105 is what he would play that to. Currently, uh, plus 101 on Pinnacle. So if you don't have access to any other sports books and you have Pinnacle, you might want to go play this on Pinnacle. As Eric said, he would probably play it as well eric uh if i'm if <laughs> i think we, we we missed uh we missed you here for a second uh so i mean it sucks because i want to get into survivor with you um maybe we get a tweet out in a second let's give eric a second here uh to see if he can come back um all right it looks like he is gone for sure so i'll just bring up the survivor screen right here with you guys and talk it through eric sent me some notes on who he likes and who he doesn't like this week reminder we took Washington. We had four picks to start the year. This is kind of the game we're playing. Four picks to start the year. And uh, we took two Washington, which I was really happy. We took the two Washington. One, kind of a sweat down the stretch, but hey, it worked. We burned two, a team that we probably weren't going to use down the road. We took New England, and then we took Denver. Denver, putrid performance. Very, very painful to watch that. Um, who knows if we'll take them down the road with our two Washington or our one New Orleans pick that we had, but... I mean, Denver really let us down that game. It looks like the chalk pick right now, according to Survivor Grid, looks like it's Buffalo, it's Dallas, and it looks like it's San Fran as two of the three of the top four picks right now. We talked about Buffalo and Dallas a little bit before. San Fran going in uh, to the Rams at home. Uh, So, I mean, it could be an interesting... Perfect. Eric Eager is back in here (laughs) with us. Uh, So... I was just talking about Buffalo, Dallas, and San Fran in Survivor. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about those three teams and if you want to use one of our three picks or all of our three picks on those players or on those teams, sorry, for Survivor. Yeah. For me, I think Buffalo Buffalo to me is a, is a good play in this one. I think if you are, if you are going with, you know, kind of this idea that I don't know how highly owned Buffalo is going to be in the contest because Monday yeah. was very jarring. The fact that they lost that game, uh, despite the fact that it was Zach Wilson and not and not Aaron Rodgers for the majority of the game, uh, I think will keep them from being you know one of the top ones. Like you know, it's it's hard to predict, but um, so that's one where I think that it, it's it's one that I would I would consider as one of the three. Um, San Francisco and Dallas to me are going to be the high, you know, the higher ones. I think Dallas is a clear choice when you think about what that defense did to the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Uh, but I, I, 
I, I'm worried about his defense, and I'm also worried about what Dak Prescott represents as a quarterback who is a very good quarterback, as we talked about earlier, but can be a turnover kind of quarterback. And this Jets defense, if you get into a rock fight with them, you might be stuck, you know, needing that, that particular game. And, and, you know, just like Buffalo last week, them not being able to get enough, you know, scores on the board to be able to win that game. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Dallas, even though I think it's a natural pick here. I think San Francisco could be another one. That one I probably would put on the list just because over the years, and I, I documented this back when I was at PFF was, you know, the Niners do so much motion. They do so many things that, um, that keeps the Rams from doing what they want to do defensively, namely disguising coverages. So things like mm-hmm. motion and things like shifts and stuff keep the defense or keep, sorry, keep the offense from being able to, um, you know, be predictable and things like that. Francisco has basically covered the spread every single game against LA for like the last three, four years. So I do like San Francisco in that one. It's a road game, but they travel pretty well. Uh, so yeah, to me, Buffalo and San Fran are two picks that I think, um, you know, should be contenders for Survivor. Um, and then beyond that, like um, whether it's Detroit, Detroit or New York, I think to me, I would pick New York over Detroit just because I, you know, Seattle has a good enough quarterback. Even though the offensive line is out, even though Detroit was, you know, decent the other day rushing the passer against Kansas City. Um, I think if you give them a week to prepare in Seattle for that game, I think that they can patch it up. It's a lot harder to deal with offensive line injuries when they happen in the moment versus when you see them coming a week away. So to me, I, I would take the Giants. You know, I know it's it's a hold your nose thing. I know it's a square thing going against Arizona every week. Um, but I do think, uh, you know, this line is a little bit lower than it would have been had the Giants not gotten the, 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 the shit kicked out of them on Sunday night against Dallas. Fair enough here. And so I'm going to pair it up. So we're treating this like a real survivor pool. We use two entries on Washington, one on New Orleans. I'm going to put one of the New York Giants and we're going to go. I think we're going to go Buffalo, San Fran, New York from what you said there. And I I like those three if you're cool with that. And I'm going to pair up the New York with the Washington one. So let's do let's burn one Washington entry and, and put New York as that next second week pick. And then one of Buffalo or San Fran. Do you want to pair that? One with who do you want to pair with Washington? Who do you want to play with New Orleans here? What do you think would be a better pair or just tossing it up to me? Yeah, I let's go Buffalo with New Orleans and because yeah, Buffalo with New Orleans and then San Francisco with the other one. All right. So Buffalo's going with New Orleans, San Fran with uh, Washington. So three of our four picks still on the board. Hopefully we come back next week with three picks remaining as well. Eric, before we go, two quick questions. I'm doing this to you every single week. Gun to your head, so no one bet this. Unofficial prediction prediction for tonight's game. Uh, you have the Eagles, you have the Vikings. Uh, I I like I like the Eagles here at current price. Um, okay. I think I. It's weird because if you look at the history of Kirk Cousins, especially with Minnesota, he's hardly ever more than a touchdown underdog in a game. But they're, they're beneath that now, so I, I think that this can happen there. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go Philly if I had to, if I had to go gun to my head. Beautiful. And then last question, first touchdown props that you like. Um, I like Josh Oliver. I had the other tight end. Um, I think, okay. uh, if the Vikings get the ball first and march down the field, I think that Josh Oliver, uh, is certainly a, a guy that they, that, that is in the mix. He's playing a lot and, you know, I'm going to go with the OG Rob Pizzola, you know, his, his secondary tight end, uh, first touchdown prop is, as the one that I like. I love that. And you can find Oliver at 50 to one, not recommending you go, go bet it. Cause it's a gun to your head situation, but I mean, Hey, might as well let you know. Anyways, Eric, enjoy the game. 
thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you probably later today on the forward pro or sorry, on the hammer HQ live stream. Have a good rest of your day. See you, Eric. All right. Hey, that, was, that was Eric eager from Sumer sports. You can find his work at Sumer sports, S U M E R S P O R T S dot com. Tons of great work there. Tons of great information. Uh, if you're like a stat junkie and like to look more into football. So that does it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate each and every single one of you watching live right now, sticking around throughout the entire show. I appreciate you guys smashing that like button. So I'm not going to ask again. Okay, I lied. I'm going to ask again. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell to be notified every time we go live. We are live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow, we have George Silfidis live alongside Matt Freeman from Fantasy Life, John Legazer from The Athletic, and Jack Miller from Establish the Run to talk player props with you guys. We're going to talk player props, TD scores, injury fallouts, everything you need to know from the Friday practice report. You do not want to miss this show. And then coming up on Sunday, we have the Pizza Buffet powered by Pinnacle. Rob Pizzola, I mean, you know the drill. He'll walk you through his favorite games on the slate. And at 11 o'clock, right before the game start, he's going to go through and share his favorite bets that are still available on the board. So if you have not bet anything for Sunday and you're looking to do so, Rob Pizzola is your guy. And then finally, Sunday night, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we have Forward Progress Live, which are, is our look-ahead show. Uh, we look ahead. We look back at the past week, what happened, what it was, and we take a look at opening lines as they open live on air. Pinnacle has been nice enough to open their lives lines at around 8.30. So we'll have a, be able to have a look at the general market, what plays we like, what plays we think will move. I was able to scoop up a plus eight because Rob mentioned it on the show. So you're going to get some good CLV if you tune in. Um, I mean, you won't get a lot of money down on it, but hey, CLV is CLV. You'll take that. So anyways, make sure you tune in, guys. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. And if you're watching on audio platforms, listening on audio platforms, make sure you leave us a review. It helps out a lot more than you think. So for myself, for Eric Eager, for Hitman, this has been Forward Progress right here on the Hammer Betting Network, powered by Pinnacle. Good luck on your bets, everyone.